Hello and welcome to this week's French Football Weekly podcast, the only podcast that Monaco are currently not trying to sign. I am your host, Chris, and uh, this evening it's a uh, glorious threesome. I could have put that better, but still, let's continue. Uh, good evening, Phil, first of all. Hello. And also good evening, Rich. Hello. Hello to you both. We are all closed, I can confirm. Right, let's get on with football. Uh, we've got uh, three kind of main talking points this evening, um, which we will get into in a bit more depth shortly. But before we do that, let's give you a rundown of the results to date uh, with one game currently in progress, which we'll touch on in a moment. So the weekend's action, uh, as we mentioned last week, as uh, Phil Ferguson on, was the sort of Saturday, Sunday, with midweek stuff going on this week um, in, terms of, in terms of setup. And the games got off and underway on the Saturday with Amiens losing at home to Nantes. A 2-1 win for the away side. A late winner from Simon after a Lafont own goal for Amiens. After Dibassi had been sent off after 31 minutes, Koulibaly had put Nantes in front initially in that game as well. So good win that for the away side. Uh, speaking of away wins, Dijon, uh, they unfortunately lost again. Not a good start to their season. But an upturn in form for Palaces are at Bordeaux with uh, Huang and Benito with the goals for the wayside winning 2 0. Um, Costa was good late on there, but I think um, Dijon null points, um, and I don't think they got a shot on target in that game. So looking largely hopeless at the moment. Yeah. Not looking good. Not the way you want to start the season, that's for sure. Um, Angers, though, they um, they had a lovely, lovely afternoon. Um, Really good job, Jez isn't here to relive this one. Maybe that's why he's not here. Uh, Mets losing 3-0, unfortunately. Um, and Ali with the opener, Santa Maria, and uh, Louis with the third goal. Good win, that, for Roger. Um, big fan of the new kit as well. Uh, Brest also with another victory. They've had a brilliant start to their league campaign, undefeated in their first three games. They got a 1-0 win over Ram. That was the other Saturday game. And Gaetan Chabonnier, he's still going strong. Four minutes to go, getting the winner in that one. Uh, which leads us into the Sunday programme. We're just going to uh, quickly give a mention to some team called Wren. I, I don't know. <laughs> anyway, they're top of the table at the moment. Uh, a tuna win for them by Niang, uh, adding to Clement Grenier's opener. And uh, the um, door was sent off later on for Strasbourg, but the game was over by that point. So Wren are indeed top. Uh, so well done, Rich. And the boys. Uh- and just one thing on that, um, Edouard Mendy, I think, saved a penalty from Jonas Martin uh, in the second half. So the goalkeeping situation at Rennes, which was looking a little bit up and down, they've uh, picked a good one there. Obviously, he was great for Rennes last year. Um, so that's looking promising as well. And a, a mention for the Benjamin uh, uh ball in for Grenier's mm. uh, first goal there, which was... Yeah, one of those balls you just want to you know, take out for a coffee Marry. or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Look, on on Ed on Edward Mendy, it was his debut. Clean sheet, mm-hmm. great penalty save, great, and it was his first penalty save as well. Didn't manage to keep one out for Rams, and then his first game for Ren in the opening half does it. So he's, he's we've picked a good player, and he's picked a good club. First of many, he hopes. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, definitely a good start for your boys there, Rich. Uh, three. Three wins from three played. Uh, you're going to win the league, clearly. So that's good. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, right. Let's get into the uh, the meat of the show. Then we should just mention uh, during time of recording, uh, Montpellier are currently leading OL by one goal to nil. Uh, a delicious half volley from the edge of the box from uh, Suke. 
and uh, that game is in progress 48 minutes play so if there is any developments um, during the show while we're recording we'll let you know because it probably will finish before we finish so um, and uh, Andy Delort has already missed a penalty and I will be squeaking as results as yeah. uh, events happen so on that no, front uh, this is all because apparently of the G7 summit which is taking place in Biarritz at the moment and if you look at a map of France you'll be confused um, by what's happening because Montpellier is is technically the closest of the game playing venues to Biarritz because Toulouse and Bordeaux were both away this weekend but um, the other games that are being played midweek are Nice versus Marseille okay still in the south fine and Lille versus Saint-Étienne. Now, Lille is pretty much as far away as you can get from Biarritz while still being in the same country. So why the hell they need the Lille police down there, I don't know. But that's why this is happening, basically. There was, there was a game called off in England as well at the weekend. I think Portsmouth's game was due to festival policing. So they didn't have enough police to cover the football match because of festival. So all sorts of games being moved all sorts of places at the moment. So, But yes, if you do happen to hear Phil squeaking, then you'll know why. Um, Alexandru uh, Masia, I'm looking at you, sir, as he um, very um, very cleverly uh, heard the, um, the the clinking of ice in a glass last week. Mm. So a um, little shout out to you, Alexandra. Good, good spot, sir. So if you hear any, any squeaks, they'll be from Phil. But yes, we will keep you updated on that game as it goes. Uh, right, let's uh, let's talk PSG first of all, shall we? Just for change. Um, Rich, they played Toulouse on uh, on Sunday, and um, if you were sort of an outsider looking in, you'd think, yeah, okay, normal service being resumed, four nil, two goals for uh, Eric Chupamoting might have raised a few eyebrows, but you know, you'd have thought, yeah, maybe the rest of the few players, Gonzalo's own goal, standard, Marquinhos, powerful, had a brilliant, but. That wasn't the story, really, was it? The, the story of the night was two, arguably three key players uh, going out to injury uh, and two very key players. What's, what's your kind of thoughts on PSG as a whole and, and those injuries, particularly to Cavani and Mbappe? Yeah, a 4-0 win over Toulouse does, does make it look very, very easy and, and zero problems for PSG. But um, if I give Toulouse... Uh, a bit of credit, it was nil-nil at half-time and they did manage to, to frustrate PSG to a degree in the opening 45 minutes. But yeah, the, the big stories from the game are those are those injuries. Um, uh, Cavani went off in, in the 14th minute, uh, Diallo went off in the 40th and then in the 66th minute, the real big one with Mbappe going off with, with what looked like a uh, a pretty nasty-looking hamstring injury, sort of running towards the ball, and did just that that pull-up where you, you know your hand immediately knows that that something has gone. Um, so big, big problems there. Obviously, Mbappe, Cavani, uh, Cavani, hugely influential players for PSG. Um, the initial tests seem to suggest that both will be out for potentially up to four weeks. Uh, although with muscle injuries, and especially with a player like Mbappe who relies on that that burst of pace, you, you absolutely do not want to be rushing him back. Um, you know, he can only come back when he is certainly 100% fit. So they have to manage that um, appropriately. But yeah, it's, it's a big, big blow. Um, it does start to raise question marks over that squad depth. You know, they, they had made a couple of decent signings um, over the summer. 
to sort of boost that boost that squad. But all of a sudden, you know, you've got Cavani out now for a month, up to a month, and Mbappe out for for up to a month. We've got the ongoing Neymar situation is questionable. All of a sudden now, there is a reliance on Trupo Moting to be your sort of chief goal getter. And yeah, he, he did well. He got two goals, one very well taken goal. Um, but he is now going to have to be the man to be looked upon. Fortunately for PSG, there is an international break in this in, in the coming month to six weeks. But at the end of that four weeks, they've got a big game against Lyon. Um, it's estimated that Mbappe will still be out for that. Um, and again, they really shouldn't be rushing him back for that. So it does perhaps raise question marks, as I say, over that squad depth, because they're going to have to rely on Chupo Moting. Di Maria is going to have to step up. Draxler's going to have to to step up. Uh, Sarabio, I think, has looked fairly decent um, in in the sort of brief uh, sporadic appearances he's made. He will have to step up. There's going to have to be a lot of players who are significantly significantly below that world-class level that are going to have to step up. And, of course, um, on, top of, on top of those games that, that, that are missing, the start of the Champions League as well. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting to see how PSG cope. Um, certainly, having seen Ren beat them last week, there will be other teams who will now be sort of sniffing around PSG thinking, OK, well, you know, they've, they've lost with those players in the squad already this season. They're now without them. Potentially, they're, you know, well, not potentially, they are severely weakened for not having those players. You know, may, maybe other losses could be on the cards. Yeah, I think, I think you, you made some, some good points there. And, and in terms of the, the situation with, like you said, with PSG at home against most sides, you'd expect them to still have enough to, to win games. But like you say, without, without one is bad enough. Without two, and technically, if, if you do include Neymar, three forwards there's a huge amount of pressure on Eric to promoting and I suppose if there's anything good to come out of that game is the fact that he got two good goals um, one in particular was a very good goal um, which will do his confidence the world of good right just at the right time if he'd have had a bit of a stinker you really wouldn't have been relying on him the only other thing I can imagine them probably doing is pushing Angel Di Maria into a more forward role I would assume would be the case if if, if they need to but yeah overall it, it was um, not a good night for them and that picture of Mbappe stretched out um, face down on the on the, on, the, on the turf behind the goal was was quite the image I did a quick word for Arthur Zagre who came on as a, a sub he Somebody impressed me. I'll, I'll be honest. I, he looks raw. Um, I don't think he's you know ready to be stepping in at the top level, but he did look he did look fairly impressive when he came on, played in a a fairly free role. Um, and yeah, but he is he is a young PSG player, so he's already been linked with the move away. Ah, naturally. <laughs> yeah. um, I think I think I'd uh, I don't know whether it was in jest or not, but I had seen Lille mentioned. Hmm. Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, I think I think you're right. I think there has been a few links. Him and Soki have been linked with moves away, haven't they? But yeah, we we shall see. Um, just to keep you abreast of information going on of games elsewhere, you might have heard Phil have a lift Yelp there. Uh, Leon now down to ten net um, after uh, Kone was sent off for a headbutt. Kind of one of those really weird people do it nightclub Saturday night type of headbutts where you lean in somebody to lord down like a ton of bricks, red cars. So the wayside down to ten. Um, right. well, should... just just one one thing on the PSG matches, as yeah. Rich said, like the first half an hour, uh, the first half was just. Um, 
I think there were eight saves by Rene, who made uh, L'Equipe's team of the week in goal, despite shipping four, because the stats are just ludicrous. PSG had 71% possession, 21 shots to three, 11 on target to um, nil. Obviously, there was the own goal in there. So eight saves by Rene, um, who put in a really good performance, was basically doing a one-man band attempt to frustrate them, which then kind of fell apart early in the second half. Um, So, yeah, it's going to be interesting because, obviously, there's um, week four where PSG are away at Mets, Mm. which may not be the toughest challenge in the world before the international break. Then there's game five, and then we've got Europe. And so if they can't get Mbappe and Cavani back if Neymar is wherever the hell he is. Um, as somebody pointed on Twitter, they stand a chance of going into the first group game with two promoting and Hesse as their only two striking options. Well, Na- like, N- Na- Neymar will be missing those first three games. He's suspended, yes. Anyway. Yeah, I, I did chuckle at uh, Jonathan Johnson's tweet earlier on when there's a picture of Hesse Rodriguez sort of posing in a group and I was like, Oh yeah, he's still a thing. He he's he's still there. Bizarre, isn't it? How these players and what is it? Somebody also was saying there's been a lot of links with um, Wilfred Zaha now with PSG, and mm. I think they were saying that the thought of PSG going into a Champions League uh, group stage with um, former forwards from Crystal Palace and Stoke, Stoke their forward yeah. line is quite the thing. So. I think Zaha would be. I think he. I think he'd move. I, I, I mean, I, it will be a it will be a lucrative move, but. He no, he's basically only being a band aid until yeah. the others get back. I was going to say, I think at which point he'd never play. So no. what does he want to do? And you know, if he backs himself to challenge, if he just wants the money, fair enough. But mm. that would be a bad move for yeah. him. I it's, think so. It's finding to be back up, isn't it? It's a bit of an odd one. Yeah. But and and a word for Toulouse, I, I did think they they had they had a little period. I thought they looked all right, and unfortunately, once the second and particularly third goals went in they they were gone but they, they did have a, a spell where there's a few yeah. few chances created but I mean the, the young girl coming so quick on the heels of the opener mm. that I mean that's got a really knocky confidence one yeah. thing I noticed because I was as usual I was you know watching um Maison Avant on another channel because there seemed no point watching PSG but I turned back just in time to see uh, the Marquinhos header from Di Maria's oh, corner yeah. He's not that tall, and yet he he's so airborne. Great leap, yeah. Really, <laughs> really good leap. I, I think there's a picture of him hugging Tupa Moting, who is, I don't know, six foot four or something like that. And it's like, oh, did he? Um, but yeah, he got some real welly on that from really running in fast. And it was from quite far out, and Bernie had no chance. So I did, I did feel. I, think, I still think he's one of the most likable. Yeah, PSG players, <laughs> which is saying something. All right. Uh, yeah, just for Toulouse, I did want to say I did feel quite sorry for um, the, the eighteen-year-old yeah. centre back for, for Toulouse, Matthew Gonçalves. He was, mm-hmm. it was his first game. Oh God, it was. Uh, and scored a known goal and conceded a penalty. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and you sort of just you, you. I mean, you felt for him, but yeah. the the sort of looks he was given was just like. Is this what professional footballers footballs really like? It's, Hopefully, it's not always like. You, it. you did just want to give him a hug. Yeah, yeah. Baptism by fire twice. Mm. Um, let's move on to Monaco then. Speaking of baptism by fire, um, hmm. what, Jesus what what do you Christ. make of what's going on there, Phil? Because I can't, 
I, I, I want to ask Rich about this as well because I know he's tweeted about this. But why is it that they seem obsessed with just signing forwards? Um, is I just come well, in? this this was you know they and Neem were both looking. I think both looking for their first point. Mm. Monaco were looking for their first goal, and then in the first half. They laboured a bit, but Slimani got the first on 40 minutes. Then Benyeda got one in injury time. The 2-0 up at half-time, right, good. And you're, playing a, you're playing a team that's not very good and has sold like 90% of its first 11 from last season. Just stay calm, everybody. 55 minutes, Jemison is sent off. He's um, renewed his contract today. I think the quotes under that Twitter announcement from Mon- from Monaco fans is pointed. Um, and they then gave up two goals to Filippotto. And um, then it says Denki here. Is that right? Uh, yeah, I must have written something down wrong. Um, yeah, so they ended 2-2. So they've got their first point, but they were 2-0 up at half time and looking reasonably competent. And everything just kind of fell apart in the second half. It's still not looking good. They've had bad results so far. And there doesn't seem to be any impetus showing you that's going to change. They're playing Strasbourg at the weekend. And that's a, a doable match. If you were thinking, you know, practically Strasbourg haven't done particularly well so far either but you can just see them going into the the international break still with just the one point and then continuing to not be very good I it's kind of odd to watch because obviously when they came up they were attack merchants then they defined themselves as solid defensive unit then things went a bit weird then they won the league then they were terrible it's what is going on there the the degree of player um change around was the problem in the past the problem now as i think jess said last week is the the degree of player not change around like i say you know you've got glick you've got jemison um uh, prolonging his contract which seems to be massively unpopular um they don't they just don't seem to have a reaction in them and whether Jardim cares or not, it's, 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 it's a very strange situation. But they are, they were bad in that second half. Yeah. Really bad. What, what, what do you make of it all, Rich? I'm, I'm looking at the squad in front of me now. And, and on paper, which I know the game is not played on paper, etc. and so on. But on paper, it looks mm. a fairly well-balanced squad. Um, you know, if you look at the forward line, there's goals in, in Ben Yedder, And we know about Falcao, Jovetic. When fit, is a, is a quality forward. Keita Balde as well. Your midfield area, you look at likes of Fabregas and, and uh, Adrian Silva's experience. You know, Golovin on his day can be good. And then defensively, yeah, there's some ricks there. But in Naldo, Jemison and Glick, you'd think there'll be enough experience to hold together a back line. Um, but then I, and I look at the goalkeepers and I think there's three first-choice goalkeepers there when really they shouldn't be using one, which clearly they are at the moment. Is, is this a case of what we touched on last week, the, the, the Jardine click? Is that this biggest problem? Is it just purely down to confidence and getting this team settled? Or, or are Monaco just, just a mess, basically? What's your kind of thought on that? 
Yeah, the Jardim stubbornness is a big is a big factor because the message he seems to be giving is it doesn't matter how badly Jemison and Glick play, they will still play. You know, he will still pick them. They will still be in the starting eleven. He's backed himself into a little bit of a corner by giving the captaincy to Glick, um, whilst they sort of engineer a move for Falcao to to move on. Um, but I mean, they are the source of of the issues. You know, there's there's no denying. I mean, to give a positive, to give a little bit of positivity to Monaco, I thought Slimani and Ben Yedda looked like they could forge a decent partnership up mm-hmm. front. Mm. Um, I think that's probably as far as the positives go. Yeah. Um, I, I'm not a fan of that midfield. I'm, I'm not, I, a, I'm I, not I, a fan of the defence. I'm perfectly honest. I'm of the opinion now where they should just stick Panzo and, and Badia Chile together and just say, look, you're, you know, you're a seven, two seventeen or seventeen and eighteen year old. Just go out and play. See what let's let's see what you can do. They can't be any worse, Jemison and Glick. Um, and why not? I mean, they've they've signed um, a Chilean defender. I think it's called Guillermo Maripan from from Alaves. Um, I mean, you know, a number of Chilean defenders are a little bit hot headed, shall we say? So um, it'll be interesting to see whether he fits that. Uh, whether he fits that label or not, but I, I, they, they've got to they've got to do some changes in that centre of defence. Now, Jemison um, on Saturday was playing as an emergency right back, which I think really does expose some of the issues. Obviously, Ruben Aguilar got the red card the previous this week. And um, who, got the, what, who got the red card in the first week? Fabregas. They, right, they are on a run here, and you've yeah. got to think at some point the club might actually cop some form of disciplinary thing if they well, had the, keep having people... The Jemison red card was the first the of the three that was actually warranted. Mm. I think the first but, two were, were pretty unlucky, but the Jemison yeah. one, I don't think there's any dispute. He was late, he was high, he was studs up, it was down the leg. Yeah. It, was, it wasn't the accident that Fabregas's was. So that, that defence needs to be sorted out. You know, Jardine needs to, to show leadership by highlighting those players that are not playing well and it's senior players you know mm-hmm. Glick and Jemison now fortunately for Monaco Jemison will now be out for presumably three games um, so that forces his hand slightly um, I would fully expect that that Maripan comes back in uh, comes into the into the starting 11 so whether he can whether he else, can shore things up <laughs> but I, you know glick has been just as bad and this isn't this yeah. isn't new to this season no 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 you know, jemison and glick have been bad for you know all of last season and probably stemming into the season before mm-hmm. um you know they i don't think they've been consistently at a high level since that championship winning season no so i i jardine needs to do something with that defense i'm really not sure about that midfield you know, I look at the, the centre midfielders that they were playing. Adrian Silva, they brought him back uh, from Leicester. I didn't think he particularly shone in his first loan spell. I don't necessarily expect him to shine in his second loan spell. Golovin is still, to me, has been a waste of money. Mm-hmm. So there's your two centre midfielders. You think back to when they had Bakayoko and Fabinho. Mm-hmm. You know, absolute colossus in, mid- in midfield. You don't even get an ounce of that feeling with a silver Golovin or when Fabregas is back with, with, with any one of those pairings, it's, there's no, there's no, there's no grit. There's no firepower. There's no sort of desire there. There's, there are players there that just seem to be happy to kick a ball around and collect their 
tax-free wage. Yeah. Um, Gelson Martins, uh, he's been a disappointment, um, as Jez was, was always said, since, since sort of the first four weeks of his spell at Monaco ended. He's, he's not performed at the same level. Um, there's too many players there that aren't playing anywhere near their best. Mm. And, and sadly, you've got Jardim, who doesn't seem to care or <laughs> have the ability now to get the best from those players. So unless Jardine changes and he can bring the hammer down and, you know, highlight these players that aren't playing well and punish them for not playing well by getting them, you know, by dropping them from the team, unless that happens, this only ends one way. And that's, you know, end of September and Jardine has been sacked again. Hmm. So, uh, you know, I, I don't know whether there's any plans to bring any more players in, um, they definitely need another centre-back as far as I'm concerned. I think they need cover at right-back and left-back because that's, you know, they're having to either use Badia-Shile or they're having to have to use Jemison, speaks volumes. And that midfield, to me, just doesn't seem to have enough about them to, to, to sort of boss those games where things aren't all about getting the ball and running and tricks and this, that and the other, where it's just about getting stuck in. I don't necessarily think they have the players that are capable of doing that. So I think there's big, big problems in the squad. And by squad, that, that extends to the dugout. So there's a lot that still needs to change. Yeah. Yeah. I think both, obviously, Slimani and Ben Yedda started up front as a two and both scored. And they're both good players. Mm. Very good players, in Ben Yedda's case. Um, but what you've got is, is two players who don't do much on the tracking back front so having kind of a bit a big gap behind them mm. doesn't particularly help situations you can imagine what two of them are thinking guy mm. what are you guys doing back there we're doing our jobs what are you doing yeah and so that's um something that uh may, may the, also the, come to a head at some point i don't know where what is the falcao situation are they actually is he dropped because they're trying to sell him or is he actually yeah, not? Effective, effectively, right. they are trying to, to get him out. But you go back to that league winning Monaco team mm-hmm. and, you know, you had Falcao, you had Germain and then Mbappe, you had Lamar yeah. and Bernardo Silva. As a four, they're not big on the tracking back. <laughs> but that didn't matter because they because had were, those two, centre, they had those two centre midfielders. Yes. So they can almost... The way that they're playing, they should be forgetting about playing an attacking midfielder. Play that, whatever the hipster's double pivot or whatever it's called. Mm. Play, the, play those two, you know, they each have the ability to move forward when they need to. But fundamentally, they are there as a, as a, as a duo to protect that back line. And it, it won them the title. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and sort of ease that responsibility then for your wide players and your two forwards that they don't have to be constantly looking over their shoulder. Oh, am I going to have to drop back? When's, you know, when's Golovin going to you know, be dispossessed? When's Glick going to make the next step? They're not having to worry about that. They can concentrate on, on what their, their main responsibilities are. So, yeah. as I say, there's, there's big problems in that squad. Uh, I don't think anybody at that club has the ability really to turn things around from, from top to bottom. No, that's a bit rotten. What they need, I think, is Squadron staffing. I think that. <laughs> uh, and, and if you're listening, Squadron, I'll pick you up. I'll drop you off. It's no problem, honestly. Bless him. Uh, anyway, let's move away from Monica then and uh, sort of finish up our, our weekend review with uh, a, a team that um, weren't in action 
Gil or have final action yet. Action tomorrow, I think I'm right saying. Um, and that is OJC Nice. Um, Rich, I'm going to start with you on this one because, again, uh, we sort of hinted at this last week that it was probably going to happen, and now it has happened, that being the takeover. Uh, Ineos have, have completed that deal. Lots of links with a lot of players. Alexis Claude Maurice um, looks like he's going to be going, as does Casper Dolberg um, from Lorient and from Ajax, respectively. Um, Baki Yoko, so linked with a return to Monaco, it sounds like he's going to head to Nice instead as well. How, how do you feel about this now, given a week out? I know there's still some things that maybe we're not 100% comfortable with, but it's got to be a good step in the right direction for Nice and potentially, as I said yesterday, fairly exciting times. Uh, it's, it, I think it can be very exciting times for Nice. As we have constantly said about Nice on numerous podcasts over the years, they are a club ripe for a big money takeover. You know, they, they have the stadium, they have the facilities, they have the support, they have the environment. They just needed the money. And now Ineos have come in. Uh, I think it's 120 million euros was the, was the amount that they've been bought for, which... Um, I think even dwarfs the, the Qatari takeover of PSG. So it's a significant move. You know, Jim Radcliffe is not a poor man. He is, I think at last count, third richest man in Britain. Um, so he has considerable wealth behind him. He is, um, you know, he has invested a lot in sport. Uh, mixed, mixed fortunes in terms of football. I think he's a, I think Ineos own... Um, Swiss side Lausanne, and I don't think there's been too much success there, but he's put money in the, in the cycling team. He's put money in, um, I think it's Sabine Ainsley's sailing team. So he's got an interest in sport in terms of investment. Um, so I think this, this, this could be the start of a very, very exciting time for, for Nice. Um, I think it's going to be interesting to see how much money he puts in in terms of becoming available for transfers. But yeah, you only have to look at the list of players that they've been linked with. Claude Maurice, Casper Dolberg seem to be the first two that are going to be through the door. And there's rumours that both of them might even be in attendance at, at tomorrow's game. They've been linked with Jean-Kevin Agustin. They've been linked with Adam Unas. Uh, they've been linked with Stanley and Soki. Um, so there's, there's, you know, all of a sudden there's some excitement. If these players can now start coming in, um, and adding to this team, which Patrick Vieira has got finely tuned to a brilliant degree, um, you know, considering he has no attack in that Nice team, he's he's two for two so far this season. Um, built off the back of I thought a really encouraging first season last season. So you bring the money in, and providing you include Vieira and uh, in 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 decisions and and. You know, don't exclude him, but as long as you can include him in that and he can remain on board, it's a really, really exciting project Project there, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Jez touched on it last week. The, the issue will come if Radcliffe decides to bring back uh, Riviera and, and um, I can't remember the name of the former chief exec, Fournier, I think he was yeah. called. Um, yeah. If he brings those back, there is that clause in Vieira's contract that does allow Vieira to walk away. So that that situation is going to have to be managed very carefully. Last thing that that Radcliffe will want and Nice need is Vieira stepping away right now. I think Vieira is is in the perfect place to lead this project and take it forward. You know, it's an exciting project. He's an exciting young manager. There's already exciting players 
at Nice, then to add mm. to that, you know, there's, there's a very real chance that if the calibre of player that they're linked with can come in, um, and there could even be more beyond that list that I'd read out, then there's a very real chance that, that Nice will be, uh, very real chance they could be top three mm. come the end of the season. Because, um, it, yeah, if you're a Nice fan, it's, uh, it is very exciting times, no matter what your beliefs are on, uh, on the, the political side of things, shall sure. we say. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, you know, I, I can only wish Nice well. It's, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's a club that, you know, I think many have a soft spot for, uh, you know, we can remember the days where they did finish, I think third many, many years ago. At, uh, when they at their started old like stadium. a train at the beginning of the season with it, like a 25. Well, they had the, yeah, they, they had the Lucy, awesome. they had the Lucian Favre era. They had the, the Claude Puel before that. Um, and they had the old uh, Dario Svitinich oh, yes. uh, back yeah, in the yeah. day at the old Stade du Rey. Mm. Um, so yeah, I think it would be nice, uh, and, and the stadium and the setting and everything about Nice, you know, the glamour of of the Riviera, it, it just screams, you know, top class football club. So now well, that that money to be, is to in, be fair, it, it's a shocking stadium to get to. Um, <laughs> and they won't care a jot. <laughs> and they won't care a jot. One thing I think is interesting is if um, if you just look at the uh, the squad at the moment, obviously the, there may be some changes. But the amount of French flags, um, mm. like listing up next to that squad, it's basically the entire midfield, apart from Barbosa. Um, and some of the others are French-born, if not French-declared. There's a, a feeling that there's some really interesting, young, younger domestic talent which is being you know, uh, incubated here. And who better to do that than... And maybe Patrick Vieira. So I think that, you know, this guy's obviously paid a lot of money for a club. He's not going to do something that would immediately make Vieira give Vieira an out. It just mm. doesn't seem like good business to me, whereas he does seem to be a good businessman. So you'd hope uh, that they'd be able to keep this together and add to what is already a, a very interesting and dynamic squad, but as Rich says, actually bring in you know, like the, the attack is listed is Ganago, Libyan, Malida and Srafi. Yeah. And Diaby as well, technically if he's eighteen, isn't it? I wouldn't describe any of those as centre forwards. No. So Goldberg isn't really a centre forward either. He's more yeah. of a sort of a wider loose forward. But um yeah, I, the, the one I really want to see have a good season is Willem Cyprian. I just, I really hope oh, yeah. one of those players yeah. was just playing so, so well up until that injury. And, and it takes players, and look at Nabil Fakir's situation since his big injury. Obviously, he's mm. got to move away and started very well by all accounts. But sometimes players yeah. just lose their sparkle after an injury that bad. And I really hope yeah. he gets back to the level he's at. Particularly, I didn't realise he's still only 24. Well, I was just thinking he is now 24 because obviously we wrote about him in Le 50 a couple of times, you know, when he was a, a young upstart. I think yeah. now he is 24. He's got to, he's got to start doing this, you know, yeah. consistently. Yeah. Well, he's had, a, he's had a really good start to the season, Cyprian. Mm -hmm. He's got a goal and two assists in his opening two games. Yeah. So it does, it does, you know, I'll, I'll be slightly hesitant, but it does look like he's, 
he is yeah. back to his best, and that is great to see. And of course, the, the the one player that sort of all of Europe wanted, and then as horrible as this sounds, slightly fortunately for Nice, he picked up a uh, I think it was a dislocated shoulder or collarbone um, during the African Cup of Nations. Is at all. Mm-hmm. You know, he he had an absolutely fantastic uh, first season last season, and he, he's he's been rightly linked with many big clubs. You know, Nice. So far, I haven't seen any any recent rumours. So far, I've kept hold of him. Um, so, yeah, there's some really talented players already there. So, if you can then just add a few more to it, it suddenly becomes a really exciting squad. Yeah. We um, we had a couple of questions, didn't we? I don't know whether we might have just answered them in the course of that, but we should probably give those questions a nudge to them. Um, who was the questions we had from, Rich? Uh, bear with me. Talk amongst thyselves. I hear you all share. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, yeah. Update on Montpellier. It's still. <laughs> it is still one nil. Uh, still one nil, though it looks like it's getting a little bit hairy for the home side. <laughs> well, they've very much lost their rag. I think it's fair to say. <laughs> plenty of bookings, plenty of rash tackles. Yes, the, the the questions we had on Nice, we had one from at Simtam on Twitter, um, who, who asked, "Can you see more clubs being bought like Nice?" Um, I mean, League One is the next league, I think, for the money to come in. We've started to see it already. Um, obviously, there's PSG. Obviously, there's Monaco. To a far less degree of success, there's been Marseille. Uh, there's, there's obviously Bordeaux. We've now got Nice. Um, th- I, th- yeah, there's definitely more and more to come in. Uh, it's got to be the right kind of investment. You know, you've seen what, what the Qataris have done. You saw, certainly in the initial stages, what the Russian money did at Monaco. And that obviously has worked, slightly less so in the, in the longer term with, with Monaco. Mm. You then look at the, the American money that's come into Bordeaux and the American money that's not even money, that's come into Marseille. Mm. And, and so far, you can only describe it as a bit of a disaster. I, I really. think there's a... It seems to me there's a difference between an individual owner and a corporate owner. Obviously, QSI, corporate owner. And what we saw at Monaco has been a billionaire comes in and while things are going well, things go well. And then he gets involved in the biggest, world's biggest ever divorce settlement. And all of a sudden things start to be a little bit more uh, lads. Uh, There's no magic money tree. And that has made a difference. And so it's whether you've got a consortium or an individual, is that individual, uh, which in the case of Nice is is also going to be a a key thing, is that sustainable long-term? Has that been planned correctly? Whereas it seems a bit like at Monaco, it was a bit, yeah, I'll do this, I think, two years ahead. And then somebody, I don't know, nicks one of his paintings or something and it all got very confusing and all of a sudden um they're selling all their best players mm. it's like corporate ownership seems more stable potentially but it also is less personal which is important for the fans yeah. you know if, if they've got you know leon they'll all bitch about all us they'll all make jokes about all us but they love all that. It's like um, to have one person who is there, who is personally involved, 
makes more kind of it's maybe a better link but you look at like Chelsea um, certain ups and downs in in a certain person's personal wealth have had an impact on the pitch mm. whereas Etihad airlines or wherever the hell they are mm. um, don't have those kind of personal variations no so it's it's a, it's an interesting one. I mean, I, my club Montpellier has been owned by the Nicolan family since 1974. Yeah. So the ups and downs have matched the standard of waste disposal in Montpellier, shall we say? Um, so there's been a bit of two and forth on that. So it's uh, so it's a bit of a kind of balancing act. Plus, um, do you, do you do you want that personal link that ability to identify or do you want you know corporate st sterile stability mm. so it's kind of uh, there's some some stuff there yeah. well there's i mean there are still clubs that i think are are ripe for a takeover oh. in 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 france i mean you know in the not too distant future you know god bless olas but you know he's not getting any younger at some point in the distant future, there will be an opportunity. And how realistic that opportunity will be, but there will be an opportunity for someone to come in and and make some kind of offer for Leon of that I'm fairly confident of. Mm -hmm. As I say, how much and, and, and what kind of mood Olas will be in when he's even more of a grumpy old man, then we'll <laughs> wait and see. But you've got Leon, you've got Santetian. You know, yeah. you know they, they are now, you know, they, they've got, uh, you know, a fantastic support base, but it's a support base that possibly is starting to get a little bit fed up with sort of always being the bridesmaid, sort of being that team that are consistently in that fifth spot. Mm. Every now and again, perhaps they'll nick fourth, but, you know, maybe there's now some growing support that they want to kick on and they need to move on. And sadly, money's really going to be the main way that you do that. So maybe someone could see an opportunity there. Nantes are another team. Yeah. You know, you've got some, you've got an owner there that a large, a large number of fans are not happy with in, in Valdemir Keita. Mm. I don't necessarily think he has run that football club particularly well. Um, and they have very, very much been underachieving in terms of what's expected of Nantes, the history that they have, again, the support base that they have. Um, there's a big opportunity there. So there are clubs in France that, that are still, I think, in a in good place to, 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 to have this, this foreign money coming in. Mm. Um, it, it will happen. Um, you know, it and will happen, but it's got to be done right. You've got to have a look at where the foreign money has gone in and it's been successful. You've got to analyse why has it been successful. You know, the Marseille project has not been successful so far because there seem to be too many people sticking their nose in and trying to make decisions. And it's not necessarily football people who are making those decisions. The football people within that club seem to be having their opinions ignored or there's too many people at loggerheads with each other. It needs to be, you know, there needs to be harmony across the board. There needs to be people who know what they are talking about involved in that situation. You know, you look at, at Lille with Gerard Lopez, who's, who's taken over there. You know, he has gladly stepped back and brought in and brought in Louis Campos. Mm. And look what Lille achieved last season. And look what, you know, uh, what, what kind of a summer that they have had this summer. 
you know, you've got to have an owner that is 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 willing to to trust um, trust that people who have that knowledge can do the job properly. Mm. And there have perhaps been too many examples. I mean, Marseille and Bordeaux, probably the two big high profile examples, certainly in France, where that hasn't been the case. And you only have to look at Monaco and how that project is starting to crumble because there aren't those football people there. Vasiliev, for, for all his faults, his, his time as, as vice president was because he got involved. He, 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 he was he had trying. an interest. Yeah. Yeah. And they obviously had Louis Campos before as well, who, who, who used all his, his knowledge and expertise to, to build that squad into such a fantastic squad. You've taken those two out of the equation. You've all of a sudden increased the power Jardim has got. And everything's just crumbled because, again, there aren't enough key people that really do know what they're doing. So yeah. it's got it's to be the right kind of investment. You know, there's plenty of lessons to be learned from, from you know, takeovers across Europe. It's not, it's not just France. There have been failed takeovers all over the place. So it's got to be done right. But France is definitely ripe for, for, for more of that money coming in. Yeah. I mean, when, when you look at... Which says, you know, Marseille, Bordeaux. There's a slight feeling this was the purchasing of a trinket. Mm. Um, and similarly for, for Monaco, obviously they've got, you know, huge histories, big names. But when you look at someone like Nantes, their academy is is one of the best around. Ren, I believe their academy is, is very good, Rich. Yeah, I mean, you're not yeah. going to be buying that off the pin. Up. <laughs> no, no, but I mean, that's the thing. If you invest in a club that has that is known for having that as well as, you know, a, a trophy cabinet with dust in it, that's good. That means that's a sustainable effort. And that's where Lyon will be very interesting in the next couple of years because all us is 70 and, and Lyon have got probably the best academy around but then you'd be looking maybe at some league 2 teams who've got that good uh kind of backup like love um and stuff uh so there's possibilities well, lots lo- 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 have dabbled with foreign money before and it yeah that it didn't went end really, very well really, really badly <laughs> um, i but think there was says, i think there was also chinese money, money that chinese money came into sosho as well and again mm. that's that's not really worked out very well. No. So I think it's 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 got to be the right owner, and they've got to be they've got to be in it. Mm. There can't be you know sort of half-heartedness and you know takeover and then no money available for transfers. Mm. If 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 you're taking over a club, you've got to give that club the best possible chance to succeed. And I think there have been a few recent examples where there has been the takeover, but no real long-term. Yeah. Plans for the for the modern football age. Yeah, yeah. Buy the flat and don't have any money for furniture. Yeah, kind of. It's not gonna. It's not gonna go well. I so. think. Um, I think it's safe to say we answered that question deeply. Um, I'm, I'm conscious. Of, <laughs> I'm conscious of time, but we will. If, if there are, there are there were a couple of other questions in general, I think that we had. Rich, was there any others that? particularly stood out that that we can address quickly well we had we yeah we had some questions on nice and psg which we've which we have spoken about um cool galini 65 on twitter um had two santetien related questions uh one will santetien be able to acquire an attacker 
And two, why is Stefan Ruffier the most underrated keeper in League Earn? <laughs> We've done that one a few times, haven't we? <laughs> I'm not even, I'm not going near the second one. No. He, he, he is rated as Stefan Ruffier. He's rated, it's fine. He's at his level, it's... And as for yeah. an attacker, they need one. Um, I think personally, yep. um, it's a question for you. I, I thought I actually thought Augustan would suit them quite nicely, but obviously, as Rich said earlier, he is he's going elsewhere. But they have bought in. Is it they've bought in Kabaye now? Uh, yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. Kabaye signed today, so um, did a nice video with Matthew Debucci, and as we said, three pod it's like they're putting together the old guard yeah. of French football together. But yeah, I think that's a decent signing. The dreamy team. Yes, but a forward certainly on <laughs> the agenda would be helpful. Uh, anything else, Rich? Um, we also had um, we had uh, a couple of questions from FI Genesis uh, involving uh, will Tovan leave Marseille this summer? Mm. Uh, I think the answer to that is no, uh, not anymore. I don't know who would necessarily want him at the price Newcastle. Marseille would want to sell him for. Another question from FI Genesis again was, does Yassine Adli get an opportunity at Bordeaux ever? Mm, needs one. Um, again, very, uh, you know, uh, we touched upon Bordeaux and their confusing uh, foreign ownership. Mm. Um, I don't know. I think there was perhaps a little bit too much fuss made of Adley. Obviously, was very close to that move to Arsenal. All of a sudden, that then got swarms of people interested in him. I think a lot of all of a lot of that was a little bit too much too soon. He's still very young. He will get game time, but I think the hype was perhaps just overblown slightly without there actually being much evidence of it. Yeah. Um there was a lot of talk of oh he's been amazing for, you know, the PSG youth teams and reserve teams, but you know that that's that's all well and good, but we you know, we'll, we will need to see it and it will come. It will come. Yeah. Um, and then FI Genesis' final question was Does Ludovic Blah get a Liga move before the deadline? Um, he is good enough. Uh, I mean... a, a, very fr- a very frustrating player. He's capable of some amazing things. I remember a goal he scored against PSG uh, two seasons ago, maybe. Mm. Um, but he's also capable of just disappearing in games. A little bit of a temper temper on him at times as well. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think he is probably better than Ligda. I think he will get a move. I have seen uh, a, a rumour linking him to Nantes. Um, whether, that's, whether that's to just a, an easy link because they signed Marcus Coco from, well, from Gangomp as well. I'll, and it's I'll, a very regional team. You, it seems a good fit for me because I'll swear I thought he was already there. <laughs> but I'm probably thinking of Blin, aren't I? <laughs> but at least, at least if he does end up there, then the prophecy will be complete. So yeah, there we go. Montpellier yeah. have beaten Lyon one nil. One nil. Yeah, good. Result. Excellent. Five. Excellent. Ren remain top of the table. Yes. Yeah. Let's say we all know why you think that's excellent. Um, <laughs> yes, and um, and then looking ahead, just to close out the pod, uh, looking ahead to the action upcoming. So we mentioned that we have got fixtures tomorrow, uh, or a fixture tomorrow. Sorry, just Lille. Oh, two yes. two fixtures tomorrow. <laughs> sorry, yeah, Nice Marseille, of course, is the other one. Um, which uh, yeah, which Marseille will turn up this time? We all ask ourselves. <laughs> the uh, same Marseille. <laughs> yeah, the same. Pretty awful Marseille. Where VS Boas again, which is saying pre-pod, 
uh, has again said there will be no transfers coming in before the deadline, which I believe is Monday. Is it? I think it's Monday. Um, unless players are sold. And I can't really see anyone queuing up and banging down the door for any of Marseille's players right now. So unlikely to see much movement there. Um, and then in terms of the weekend's action, um, I'm assuming we all, do we all agree Marseille, St Etienne and uh, Nice, uh, Nice, sorry, um, and uh, Leon Bordeaux were probably the two standout fixtures of the weekend. No, Ren v Nice. Oh, Ren v Nice. Yeah. Potentially the top of the table clash of the unbeaten signs. I missed that because it's a bloody two o'clock Sunday kickoff, isn't it? Why on earth is that at two o'clock on a Sunday? That should be an evening game. Don't because it's contractually obliged that Marseille are the eight o'clock kickoff for <laughs> oh. a set number of games this season. <laughs> silly of me. Yeah. I'll explain the whole TV thing in a later <laughs> episode when everybody's already asleep. Yes, yes. But not that. Montpellier is going to be, I think, the pick of the um, Sunday night, uh, Saturday night multiplex. Mm. Both mid-table, doing all right. Who can push up? That'll be interesting. But yeah, we start on Friday with Mets versus uh, down to the bare bones PSG. Yeah. So um, hopefully that will uh, give Mets a fighting chance of, of causing some damage. And uh, cheering Jazz up a bit, but I think there's yeah, there, I, I think, think there's um, there's something in every game this weekend. Yeah, I think there's, but there's I, I think Nice is definitely mm. definitely the the one to watch for actually decent football. And whether Whereas, Nice, of course, will have any new players by then yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah, embedded in or, or enough to, to be to be in the but, side. But yeah, there's 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 a lot of there's a lot of there's a lot of games there. You know, you got Strasbourg, Monaco. Yeah. Will, will Monaco ever win a game? You've got Rams versus Lille. Will um, you know? Will Will Lille be able to bounce back? Will Rams be able to bounce back? You've got Toulouse Amiens. That's a relegation six pointer already. Nîmes uh, versus Brest. Can Brest Nîmes. continue their wonderful um, form so far? Can Nîmes react a little bit? Exactly. Yeah. And every, then got, every one of them is good. And Angers, uh, Angers Dijon as well. You got Angers a bit of a yeah. Jacqueline Hyde side, lose six nil, then win three nil. Yeah. Uh, and then Dijon just can't seem to get anything right at the moment. Yeah. Um, and then of course, um, yeah, Leon Bordeaux as well. So, so will, uh, will Leon be able to bounce back as well? What we're basically saying, dear listener, is cancel all your plans and watch yeah. everything. <laughs> just, just get the popcorn in. Yeah. Get the drinks in. Sit Isn't down. And do nothing all weekend. Um, and we should say, just before we go off air as well, there's a lot of gathering social media noise about the Neymar potential move. Uh, latest is... This is like Batatimi Gomez a couple of years ago. When we were just like, he's when, still in Leon. He's still in Leon. He's still he in goes? Leon. Oh, Jesus. It's only a matter of time before somebody tracks his flight. But apparently the latest rumour is a £170 million deal over two instalments has now been agreed. The, so we the fuck? Mm, indeed. Um, I think at this stage it would probably benefit both parties too. No, no, that benefits PSG way more. Yeah, but then Barcelona probably don't care too much, I suppose, if you're Barcelona. That front five, I mean, I don't know how they're going to fit them in, but that's probably for a La Liga podcast coming soon to somebody near you. But uh, we'll stick to all things French. Uh, we will be back uh, this time next week. Um, before we might. There is, there is very quickly, there is a. Um, uh, there is a Didier Deschamps squad announcement oh, yes. on on Thursday uh, for two uh, European Championship qualifiers, uh, yeah. both at home against Albania and Andorra. Um, obviously, Mbappe. There will be Mbappe-less. Really? Uh, 
so whether that opens the door finally for Lacazette or maybe opens the door for Moussa Dembele, yeah, um, we we shall see. But uh, <laughs> yes, as ever, you uh, always brace yourself for a Deschamps squad announcement of one surprise and three sort of uh, not them again. Yeah. Somebody you already thought you thought was already retired. Yeah. Yeah. yeah well, fortunately, there should be no Adil Rami, so we can at least count our, count our blessings <laughs> oh, there. Poor old Adil. Yeah, the, the O to Adil. Um, well, if he's listening, I'm sure he's not. But uh, we wish all the best, of course, Adil. Uh, no, I um, don't. No, indeed, not do I. But uh, yes, we will be back um, next week. Um, you know the drill, dear listener. It could be Tuesday, could be Thursday, could be Monday. Don't know, could be any day. But we will be back at some point next week. Just an early heads up, um, we will be in hiatus briefly uh, in a fortnight's time as both um, yours truly and uh, the lady who pushes the buttons will not be here. We'll be on our, our sunshine holidays. So uh, no, unless, people just, unless people just want to hear me just rambling on my own. Yeah, I mean, you could just talk not to yourself. Well. That's, that's also fine. Um, to add. But yes, we will, we'll probably take a couple of weeks off for, for those periods of time. And we will, of course, look back at the games we miss if there's anything. Our very own international break. Yes, indeed. Yeah. Separately. Yes. Yeah, we're not going together. We should that. Um, but yes, uh, until then, I just want to thank my guest. So thank you very much, Phil. Thank you. And thank you, Rich. Thank you very much. And uh, as I say, we'll be back next week. Uh, get your questions in nice and early. Enjoy your weekend of sat on the sofa with your popcorn. And uh, yeah, enjoy your French football. And we'll speak to you again in a week's time. Cheerio for now.